0: In the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, Amen. I'd like to welcome you all to our Perseverant Family Conversation. And It is great to be with you as we enter into this um, new church year, entering into Advent, the season of Advent. So it's great to be with all of you in our <coughs> family conversation. and invite others to join us. Afterward, you might share our conversation with many of your friends far and wide. So we can put into practice what our Lord said. Go out to the whole world. Go out to the whole world. Teach you what I taught you. And I'll be with you always, even until the very end of the world. <coughs> so that being the case, let's invite Mary to be with us. Mary has many very beautiful titles Mary is the mother of god Mary is the mother of the church and Mary is the mother of each and every one of us Also when we pray the Hail Holy Queen we invoke Mary as our life, our sweetness and our hope So let's invite Mary to to be with us to pray with us and to pray for us as we enter into this holy season of Advent in preparation, of course, for Christmas, which means the birthday, the birthday of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. The better we prepare, the more joy will be ours on the day of
1: Christmas. So let's pray. let us beg our spiritual director to be with us. Beg our spiritual director to be with us. And our spiritual director is the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit The Holy Spirit is The paraclete. The Holy Spirit is also known as the gift of gifts. Holy Spirit is also known as the sweet guest of our souls. (coughs) The Holy Spirit is also known as our interior master. Holy Spirit is also our sanctifier. Given that he's our interior master, let us remember the words of St. Paul. We don't know how to pray as we ought. Saint Paul says we really
0: don't know to praise we ought but the holy spirit intercedes with ineffable
1: groans so that we can say abba abba which means daddy or father so let's uh, beg the holy
0: spirit to come to be with us and to give us a lot of light in our intellect as well as the fire of divine love to burn within our hearts.
1: Fire of divine love to burn within our hearts. So, let's say the prayer,
0: the the classical prayer of the Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful and enkindle within us the fire of your divine love. Send forth
1: your Spirit, and they shall be created. And thou shalt renew the face of the earth. Let us pray. O God, that instruct the hearts of your faithful by the light of the Holy Spirit. Grant us that by the same Spirit we may be truly wise. And
0: ever rejoice in his consolation through the same Christ our Lord.
1: Amen. <clears throat> Glory be to the Father, to the Son, the Holy Spirit,
0: <coughs> as it was in the beginning, it is now, and ever shall be. World
1: without end. Amen. Valeria Guadalupe, pray for us. St. Joseph, pray for us. St. Michael the Archangel, pray for us. St. Gabriel, pray for us. St. Raphael, pray for us. St. Ignatius of Loyola, pray for us. St. Maria Faustina Kowalska, pray for us. All God's angels and saints, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Well, my friends... It's great to be with all of you, and as always, I would
0: encourage you, as we pray for each other, I place you all on the altar when I celebrate the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass
1: today. And of course, of all the prayers in the world, the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass is
0: by far the greatest. Holy Sacrifice
1: of the Mass is the greatest of all the prayers on the face of the earth. My first intention will be that all of us, myself included, would try to be open
0: to the inspirations of the Holy Spirit. We might even pray during the course of the day,
1: come Holy Spirit, come. Come, Holy Spirit, come through the heart of Mary. That's right. Come, Holy Spirit, come. Come, Holy Spirit, come through the heart of Mary. By second intention, I'd like to pray for all of us
0: who are dedicated to our permanent formation that we would make a real concerted effort to really grow
1: in the knowledge of our faith. To really grow in the knowledge of our faith. That's right. To grow in the knowledge of our faith. And that's one of the reasons why we come together on a daily basis is that we're trying to get to know our faith in a deeper way so that we can share our faith with others and John
0: Paul II said this in one of his talks that one of the best ways to grow in our faith is to share our faith with others that's right one of the best ways we can grow in our faith is to actually share
1: our faith with others So. That being the case, let's try to really go deeper in the knowledge of our faith. My next intention. My next intention will be, as always, I like to pray for the conversion of sinners. but especially the conversion of deathbed sinners. This very day, people will be dying.
0: And as the Lord said in the gospel yesterday, we have to be ready. Many people are not ready. Jesus mentioned, as in the time of Noah, people were marrying, they were buying, they were selling, they were eating and drinking. And the flood came and swept them off the face of the earth. We have to be prepared.
1: Pray for the many people today who will die who are actually not prepared.
0: Let's pray that we would be prepared for the most important moment
1: of our life, which is the moment that the Lord calls us from time to eternity by our death. All right, my friends. So yesterday we entered
0: into the holy season of Advent in preparation for the birthday of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Because of materialism, because of secularism. Because of paganism. And because of a certain militant atheism. The meaning of Christmas is being blurred from the minds and hearts of many people. That's right. The real meaning of Christmas is being blurred from the minds and hearts of, of many people.
1: Ah uh, many people, <coughs> so for many, it's just a a social time a social event which people can
0: come together to eat and drink exchange gifts. <coughs> but being totally oblivious to the whole reason for the season and the meaning of this day. The reason for the season and the meaning of this day is to celebrate the birthday of our Savior, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ.
1: And his name, his name, also points to his function or meaning.
0: The name that was given to our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ by the angel Gabriel and then Saint Joseph, the name Jesus means that God saves us. That is the primary purpose of the incarnation, the birth, the life, the death, and the resurrection of Christ. He came to save us. He came to save us from sin. Slavery to sin.
1: He came to save us from darkness. He came to save us from
0: the devil and his minions.
1: He came to save us also from The reality of hell. None of us wants to go to hell.
0: He came to save us from the reality of possibly going to hell. By his birth, life, death, and resurrection, the gates of heaven are flung open.
1: And all of us have access. And we have access to heaven. Free access to heaven. If we want to. God will never force us to do anything against our free will. He leaves us free. And we can choose between good and bad, sin and holiness. We can choose between salvation and condemnation. It's up to us. It's up to us. So, let's visit my friends the
0: the readings for today. A good advent practice, my friends would be to read the Bible.
1: but I would say a good biblical reading would be to read the prophet Isaiah. The prophet Isaiah is one of the major prophets in the Old Testament. There's Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, and Daniel.
0: Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, and Daniel are the four major prophets in the Old Testament.
1: And the New Testament is, is present by
0: means of symbol and typology in the Old Testament. The New Testament is the unveiling of the curtain, which we see Christ who was prophesied for many years by the great prophets of the Old Testament. She might even spend some time reading the prophet Isaiah Or be very attentive to the prophet Isaiah present in the readings in the Mass. And we had him yesterday.
1: Yesterday, the first reading was Isaiah chapter 2. And I built my whole homily
0: upon just one idea from Isaiah. I will let us climb the mountain of the Lord. So Muhammad my yesterday in Mass I, I, I explained the mountain of the Lord the meaning of the word mountain and the different mountain experiences that we have in the, in the Bible which would be <coughs> Abraham
1: he ascends Mount Moriah where he's about to sacrifice his son Then we have Moses that ascended the mountain, Mount Sinai, so as to receive the Ten Commandments, the tablets of the law. Then we have the prophet Elijah
0: when he's fleeing for his life from Queen Jezebel and King Ahab. He walks 40 days and 40 nights to arrive at Mount Carmel where Elijah encounters God not in the fire of the wind but rather he encounters him
1: in the gentle whispering of the wind.
0: Then we have our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ who ascends
1: with his apostles, Mount Tabor, the mountain of the transfiguration.
0: And finally, at the end of his life, our Lord ascends Mount Calvary. So I mentioned these mountain experiences, as Isaiah says, let us climb the mountain of the Lord. They spoke to the people that St. John of the Cross actually wrote one of his spiritual masterpieces is, is the Ascent of Mount Carmel. In this literary masterpiece, St. John of the Cross compares our spiritual life to ascending a mountain. And if you've ever done it, that was part of my homily yesterday, that it's not always easy to ascend a mountain, if, especially if you're You have not practiced mountain climbing in your life.
1: My idea was we're called to ascend the mountain of holiness. And I mentioned three things. First is we have our knapsack
0: tightly arranged, it's symbolic of joy. When we have joy in our lives, my friends, it's much easier to carry the cross and to progress in holiness when we're imbued with the spirit of
1: joy. My second would be to unload that backpack of our sins. Sin is the party pooper. Sin drags us down and depresses us.
0: I think many people today suffer from depression because of moral matters. I'm not going to deny that there is a psychological reality of depression, but I think many people experience depression because they don't have God in their lives, and only God can give us true happiness. Saint Paul says, uh, "Rejoice in the Lord." I say. again, "Rejoice in the Lord." You should, the, people should see how unselfish we are, because the Lord is near. Philippians 4:4. 4, 4. "Rejoice in the Lord," I said again, "Rejoice in the Lord." People should see how, how unselfish we are, because the Lord is near. It isn't it true that selfishness is really—that's what sin is? Um, it's me, myself, and I. I'm, I'm, lick, I'm looking for my own
1: self-aggrandizement. My third point was, Mary also climbed the mountain to arrive at Ein Karin to visit her cousin Elizabeth. So drawing close to Mary is a source of joy. We have the joyful mistress. And there's more joy in giving than receiving. That
0: Mary was giving. So yesterday after the mass, I went to the new church and we had our 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 talk on my Marian compendium. And more and more people are coming. It's an open course, and if even if you'd like to come next Sunday, which will be the third the third week, starting the third week, you're invited. I invite you to try to. Purchase my book, Mary Compendium. Which you'll get to know Mary. What a beautiful Advent practice to read a chapter of my book every day with yourself and with your family members. With yourself
1: as well as with your family members. So my friends, Isaiah reading the prophet Isaiah.
0: I'd like to glean one idea from the prophet Isaiah today. The prophet Isaiah says, The Lord washes away the filth of the daughters of Zion and purges Jerusalem
1: blood from her midst with a blast of searing judgment. Washing away. Washing away. I don't think any of us, if we were taking a walk on the sidewalk after just rain and a car came and ran over a mud puddle on the side of the road, splashing us with mud from head to feet. I don't think any of you would go to would sit down to have your dinner cloaked with a pile of mud. I hope you wouldn't. I'm sure what you would do, you'd change your clothes, maybe take a shower and sit down to the mealtime dandy clean. But how many people, how many
0: people today, Catholics, maybe their clothes are clean, but their soul is dirty.
1: So Isaiah is challenging us to cleanse ourselves. To be purged. To wash away our filth. So there's
0: physical filth but also there's moral filth. Once heard a story of this woman that she felt herself to be really dirty.
1: Squalid. Felt herself to be really dirty. So she went to the store, got some shampoo, some soap. And took a shower. after she was in the shower for a couple hours with the shampoo and the
0: strong soap, lye.
1: After she got and dried herself, she, she felt that she was still dirty. Because it was not physical dirt, but the dirt that was in her soul.
0: And that's called sin. We don't want to have dirty souls, so the prophet Isaiah says, Lord washes away the filth of the daughters of Zion. That can be done through a good examination of conscience, and a good sacramental confession with the priest. So that's the idea I'd just like to lay in your hearts for the first reading taken from Isaiah chapter 4, verse 2 to 6.
1: You might even read the whole book of Isaiah for as a good Advent practice. The responsorial psalm is the same that we had yesterday. Let us go
0: rejoicing to the house of the Lord. Let us go rejoicing to the house of the Lord. Just a little bit of biblical context. All of you know I'm pretty sure that there there are the prayer book of the Bible, par excellence, is this would be the Psalms. There are hundred and fifty Psalms.
1: <coughs> the Psalms, one hundred and fifty Psalms. Some of the psalms, many of the psalms were written to be sung.
0: And some of the psalms were pilgrim psalms and songs in which the Israelites would sing as they headed to the temple of Jerusalem. I rejoiced when I heard them say, I'm going to the house of the Lord. Now our feet are set. our feet are set in the entrance of the Temple of Jerusalem. So we have today the the psalm is let us go rejoicing to the house of the Lord.
1: Ah! Excuse me. Probably
0: all, all of you know that the Temple of Jerusalem was destroyed by the Romans, as Jesus prophesied. Let us go rejoice into the house of the Lord. For us, for us it should be, let us go rejoice into the house of
1: the Lord, is to go to church. Now here's another Advent practice.
0: I'll be making suggestions during some of my talks of Advent practices that we can undertake so that we are prepared for the birthday of the Lord. The success of the party is the preparation before. The better the preparation, the better the party. The more fully we live on Advent, the more joyful will Christmas be in our lives.
1: Let us go rejoice into the house of the Lord. It could be this for some of us. So try to go to daily mass. Let us go rejoice into the house of the Lord. Let's try to go to daily mass. To daily mass. To daily mass. Going to daily Mass and daily communion. Now,
0: some of you are nodding your head saying, Well, I already do that, kind of patting yourself on the back. Well, what you might do is this upgrade, upgrade your Mass attendance and communion. You may arrive earlier for Mass and try to prepare yourself better. There's a theological concept that's called the concept of sacramental dispositive grace. And this means we receive graces
1: commensurate with our disposition. In other words, the better the
0: disposition, the better the preparation we have, the more abundant will be the graces. The more abundant will be the graces. So that's my re- that's my comment on the responsorial psalm. Let us go rejoicing to the house of the Lord. One last idea. Show your children have returned to school after the Thanksgiving break and many had a week off. When I was a kid, we'd have to go to school until Wednesday afternoon and then we'd have Thanksgiving and I think we had Friday off too. So your children are well-rested, well-fed, I'm sure. Maybe too well-fed. You might even invite your children to come along with you Invite your children to come along with you to daily Mass. Get their homework done. They become the 6 o'clock in the evening Mass and they're going to Mass every day in preparation for
1: Christmas. And by the way, Christmas can be every day, sacramentally. Because our soul is like our soul is like the cave of Bethlehem. And Christ Christ can be born in our hearts every time we receive him in holy communion.
0: Oh little house of Bethlehem can be our own our own souls. So one of the best things you can do for your children and maybe your husband, convince them we're in Advent. Why not go to daily Mass? If not every day, maybe two or three times a week. Sunday, okay, Sunday, maybe Sunday, Wednesday and Saturday. So you're going to at least half the time. It's called the principle of graduality. And Then maybe you'll arrive at a point where you're going to Mass every day with your family. What a beautiful thing what a beautiful Advent practice
1: that would be. Beautiful Advent practice that would be. So that's the antiphon of Psalm 122. Let's move from prophet
0: Isaiah, to the psalm, to the gospel for today. So I'd like to uh, just summarize the biblical passage. I'd like to give you the interpretation and then the application. And I've said
1: in the past, one method that you could try to apply is to read, memorize, understand. Understand. Then, talk to the Lord about it and try to apply it to your own lives. So today,
0: We have the biblical passage taken from Matthew chapter 8 verse 5 to 11.
1: The context.
0: Some of you maybe saw Jonathan Rumi's third session. The first two episodes would be the Sermon on the Mount and the Call to Reconciliation. Then the next would be Jesus sending out the the apostles, to preach and teach and heal and to cast out demons. The Sermon on the Mount you can find in Matthew chapter 5, 6, and 7. So right after that, this is Matthew chapter 8, right after the Sermon on the Mount, we're going to see Jesus carrying out a series of miracles. And many of these miracles that our Lord carries out are miracles of healing of people that have infirmities, pretty serious sicknesses. Our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ is the divine physician. So as he healed 2,000 years ago, he can still heal today if we allow ourselves to if we allow ourselves to heal us. That's right. If we allow our Lord to heal us, he can heal us.
1: He's the divine physician. So Jesus enters into
0: Capernaum, where Peter had his residence and where it seems as if our Lord was invited to the house of Peter. And even when our Lord gives his discourse, sending the apostles out, Jonathan Rumi finds himself in the house of Peter. Eden, who is the wife of Peter, is practicing hospitality toward the apostles. And Jesus gives the discourse, preparing the apostle to be sent out two by two. This would be where we are now, Capernaum, which was along the the Lake Galilee where the apostles did their fishing work. So Jesus enters Capernaum and there's this man who's a centurion who approached him. Now, centurion sent that that centurion means a hundred,
1: and this was a a Roman officer, an official who had men under him. So he was a man that had
0: responsibility, a man that had power, a man. That was accustomed to giving orders as well as receiving orders because he had others above him. He understood the importance of of obedience and of being faithful to discipline, to faithful to one's obligation. There's another thing we might try to do in Advent: try to be faithful to God. Be faithful. By rejecting sin, be faithful to our 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 vocation, many of you are married, be faithful to your work obligations, and possibly more difficult being being faithful to the
1: inspirations that the Holy Spirit sends us that might even be more challenging. So this centurion he draws close to
0: Jesus and he's going to ask him beg him for a
1: special a special grace This centurion he's apparently he's got a, he's got a servant and don't forget in the time of Christ the social stratus was such that the most widely extended class of people were actually servants. Servants
0: and slaves. As we see in St. Paul's letter to Philemon. Philemon was a man who owned a slave whose name was Onesimus, which means useful. So the centurion draws close to Christ. And we shouldn't be afraid to, afraid to draw close to Christ. Yesterday, my talk, I was talking about St. Catherine Laboure, which her garden angel wakes her up and says to go in the church, and Our Lady is sitting in the priest's chair. And she tells Catherine, draw close, draw close, come closer to me, come closer to me, come closer to me. Come close with me. And she kneels down and puts her arms in the lap of the Blessed Mother and talks to her a long time. Let's not be afraid to draw close to Jesus Mary and St. Joseph in this Advent. Come
1: close to me. So the centurion draws close to Christ and he has a very heavy heart He has a very heavy heart. A very heavy heart. Because there's someone in his household that's suffering very much. And it's a servant who is lying. At home, paralyzed, suffering dreadfully, this centurion has a very noble character, even though this centurion obviously is
0: has a higher social rank than his servant, still he has a great love for this servant,
1: who would be considered in the Roman. Empires as, as someone of less value.
0: So the centurion is able to see the inner dignity of every person, even a servant. We should pray for that grace.
1: To be keenly aware that every person in the world is created in the image and likeness of God.
0: And those who are baptized are not only created in the image and likeness of God, but
1: also they are sons and daughters of God. Let us never give in to prejudice or favoritism
0: or racism. The worst type of prejudice today is killing the unborn babies. They're the smallest, the most vulnerable members in our in our society, but they are discarded. Pope Francis calls it the the throw-away society. Cast aside, because they're seen as a burden. Let's always try to defend the unborn child. Because from the moment of conception until natural death, all human life is sacred.
1: That's right. All human life is sacred. all human life is sacred all human life is sacred so we see this great love and concern that this centurion
0: this Roman official has for his for his servant also the quality that this Roman official had was not afraid to draw close to Christ. Let's pray that we never are afraid to draw close to Christ. And you see in the the documentary, the the movie of uh, Chosen, how the apostles are not afraid to draw
1: close to Christ and to talk to him about the most intimate things. They're not afraid to draw close to him.
0: We should try to establish the same relationship with Christ. Never to be afraid to draw close to him. To talk to him as our best friend. Because he is il amigo que nunca falla. He's a friend that will never fail us. We fail him, but he always forgives. But he'll never fail us. He is the Alpha and the Omega. Jesus
1: Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever from the book of Revelation. So the centurion draws close to Christ
0: with uh, a lot of suffering, a heavy heart. And there's another quality of the centurion related to Christ. The centurion is suffering. The centurion has compassion. He has a compassionate heart. And by compassionate heart it means that the word compassion comes from Latin cum passio. Cum means the with. Passio means suffering. That he is suffering with his servant. The suffering of the servant, he makes his own. And that's one of the most noble qualities of the heart of Jesus and Mary, is their compassion for us. Christ has compassion for you and for me. Listen to these words. This is the overall theme of the third session of Chosen.
1: Come to me. All of you are weary. And I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am meek and humble of heart. For you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Jesus has compassion on us and this ensuring has compassion on his servant. So Prager's the Lord,
0: and obviously <coughs> he's made a sacrifice to to find the Lord, and now he's got trust.
1: This beautiful attitude of trust, trust or confidence. He's not a, he's not afraid to open up his heart and to to spill his heart. In trust. In trustful con- confidence toward the Lord.
0: Isn't that one of the hallmarks of the
1: diary of St. Faustina? Isn't that one of the hallmarks of St. Faustina? Here we have it. And below, I've got it.
0: This is my Spanish version Jesus en Ticonfio. Jesus, I trust in you. And that is of all the sins against the heart of Christ. The greatest sin is not to trust in Christ. Even though my founder says we fall a thousand times a day, I will get up and return to the Lord. Like in the parable of the prodigal son. The worst sinners can become the greatest saints. In Romans chapter 5 we have where sin abounds, the mercy of God abounds all the more.
1: Where sin abounds, the mercy of God abounds all the more. So this centurion, not
0: only does he have faith, not only does he have trust and confidence, not only does he have a spirit of sacrifice,
1: not only does he have a spirit of obedience to God and to his obligation,
0: but the very important quality of, of compassion, that he is man that suffers with others. Let's pray in this season of Advent, my friends, that we would have a compassionate heart.
1: Not a cold, indifferent, mediocre, indifferent heart. We would not have a
0: cold, mediocre, indifferent, apathetic heart, but we would have a heart that is filled with love and
1: compassion. So what's, laid, what's weighing heavy on his heart is his servant, and he makes this request to our Lord to come to to heal his paralyzed servant.
0: Now Jesus responds to his request. So he says, "I will I'll, I'll come and cure him." So. Our Lord listens, responds, and He decides, "Okay, I'll go to your house, where your servant is, and I'll and I'll heal him."
1: Now we're going to see another wonderful quality of the centurion. What we see here is the
0: incredible the incredible humility of this centurion. He's going to say, Lord, do not come under my
1: roof because I'm not worthy to receive you, which we say in Holy Mass every day. And he says, I'm a man of authority. And I obey authority, but also I'm a man that
0: that gives orders. And as insurance
1: as I say to one of my servants, come here. And he comes. Then to another, do this. And he does it. So the centurion says Lord I'm not worthy that you should come under me underneath my roof but just just say the word You just say the word and my servant will be healed Now it says that Jesus was amazed this is pretty rare He was amazed And said that, I have not found this much faith in all of Israel. Then Jesus says, many will come from the east and from the west. And will recline with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob at the banquet of the kingdom of heaven. So, the conclusion
0: of this passage is
1: that this centurion servant, paralyzed, unable to move, suffering great pains, suffering great pains. He was healed. Why and how was he healed? He was healed even from a distance. The healing came about through Christ. But the catalyst of this healing
0: was the power of intercession. We're called to intercede for many people in our own lives, as Mary did at the wedding feast of Cana. Do whatever he tells you. Here we have the incredible power of the intercession of this centurion and Christ, who is the divine physician,
1: seeing the faith of this great man, He heals this servant simply because of the faith of the centurion
0: and the healing, compassionate power
1: of Jesus Christ, who is truly the divine physician. Let's turn to the Lord and beg him to heal us to cleanse us, to clean us, to wash away our guilt. But let's also pray for our many relatives and friends
0: who are laying paralyzed on their spiritual bed. They're moral paralytics, but the problem is that they
1: also are blind to it blind and deaf to this paralysis. Let's pray that the Lord will touch and heal them also. The Lord be with you.
0: May may Almighty God bless you in the name of the Father and of the Son
1: and the Holy Spirit. Amen.